Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Please consider supporting Black Women United, YEG, for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. You can learn more about them at bwunited.ca. They are always looking for donations and volunteers. So please, again, support Black Women United, YEG, for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. Again, that website is bwunited.ca. Hey, this is Trevor from Halifax calling in to say that I support creative control on Patreon because I think long-form arts journalism is a crucial part of music culture and there's simply not enough of it out there today. Vish is a master interviewer, he lands great guests, and he has his finger on the pulse of the ever-changing music landscape both here in Canada and abroad. For all of these reasons and many more, I think you should support creative control on Patreon too. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creativecontrol today. I'm Visha's wife, and I will love him no matter what you do. And now he has me on the record saying that. We're on a beach, oh yeah, we're on a beach. We're drinking income taxes in the sand at our feet. We're on a beach. Oh yeah, we're on a beach We're drinking income taxes and you're fond of me Hayden Desser is a gifted songwriter, singer, producer, and multi-instrumentalist based in his hometown of Toronto, Ontario. Since the mid-1990s, Desser has gained a very loyal audience for his idiosyncratic exploration of folk, rock, and pop music, which is anchored by his distinctive voice and wry, emotional narrative and personal lyrics. His ninth studio album is a beautiful one called Are We Good and was released by Arts and Crafts on April 5th, 2023. As such, Hayden and I connected for a fun and insightful discussion about uh, crossing borders as an adult and sneaking into Toronto shows as a teenager, seeing cool opening bands, and his deep bond with New Zealand. Songwriting with purpose and how Feist helped him overcome writer's block to see Are We Good through... Working within a Tom Hanks timeline, how playing bass helps him write cool songs, whether these new songs are all personal or purely contain artistic license, reflection and nostalgia, 
collaborating closely with the Nationals' Matt Berninger and Aaron Desner, playing Massey Hall soon in the annual Dream Serenade benefit concerts he helps organize, album artwork, future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control, which is the primary source of revenue for all of the work that goes into making this show uh, for everyone to listen to. Again, you can learn more about how to support the show financially at patreon.com slash creative control with additional support from Blackbird Music, a wonderful record store with locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta, and very friendly personnel who will help you with anything you need. But say you want to, uh, uh, order the new Hayden album, Are We Good? Well, you just head over to their website, blackbird.ca, and you type in the things you're looking for, and if all goes well, they will be able to either uh, keep a copy of Are We Good by Hayden in stock for you at one of their locations, or they'll ship one to you. It's just that simple. For more information, again, please visit blackbird.ca. Plus, in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee, respectively, in Guelph, Ontario and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 765 of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented Hayden with your host, me, Vishkana. Hi Hayden, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well, pretty well. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, uh, you, you, you hedged your bets there. Anything wrong? Is anything? Is everything okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, there's there's good days and bad days, just like you know everyone in the world, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, pretty well is better than any other alternative. So. Let's run with that. Uh, I can see on the screen that you're in some sort of lovely environment there. Where in the world are you today? I'm in my attic at my house. And there's in Toronto. <laughs> Sorry, in Toronto. <laughs> it's not. This is not to be like a customs interview or anything. I'm not. It's not a border crossing. I just making conversation. It looks lovely. You got a bunch of guitars. I feel like yes. you can maybe have like a, some decorative lighting there. It looks yes, cozy. And I'm carrying uh, two liters of alcohol. You? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Do you have anything to declare? Okay. Got it. That's good. <laughs> I've always wanted to to be one of those assholes that doesn't let people in uh, to whatever country. No, that's lovely. Uh, how long have you been? This is uh, sorry. Just for a setting. Uh, what's the name of your studio space again? My studio space is. I I named it after one of my records, Skyscraper National Park. You, I, I just remembered something funny about uh, customs. I think I was maybe traveling with Howie Beck or someone back in the, the in the day, the late nineties, and at a border crossing, I had I still had crazy curly, like really long curly hair, yeah. and I remember the border agent asked if I would mind if she checked my hair for weapons contraband or of some drug, kind drugs yeah like my hair was so big and i, I think we we like we laughed about that for weeks after I, it was it was a big thing 
How many items did the custom agent uh, find in your in your hair? L- well, luckily that day I had nothing in my hair, so I didn't get caught. <laughs> she went, well, there's, sir, there's a curler in here. Are you aware of this? And you're like, oh, yeah, shit. Forgot about that. I, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you got yeah. found some dandruff, sir. I, there's some. I don't know why yeah. were they. Ins- I've never had my hair inspected. That must have been strange. Did you feel singled out? Did you get a haircut later? No, I remember. I think Howie was upset because he was balding, and he was just <laughs> upset that someone Sorry. would even need Sorry. to need to check <laughs> check my hair. <laughs> that's my favorite uh, Beastie Boys album, by the way. Check your hair. That's yeah, uh, that's a, where that's maybe she's one. a big big fan of that. Anyway, no, that's lovely. So, Skyscraper National Park. Uh, you've been in this. Uh, you've used this uh, studio, I think, for some years. How long have you been in this little uh, home? And how 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 long have you had this little studio space? Well, it's it, it, it's changed locations inside this home, but I've I've lived here uh, for twenty two years, twenty three years. I think. Wow, man! Wow. So you're probably one of these people I talked to, and I don't want to get into your business. This isn't an accounting meeting either. But you're probably one of these people that bought low, and now if you wanted to. You could sell the thing and you get, you'd be done. You'd be set for life. Is that right? Everyone I talked to in Toronto is like, yeah, I didn't pay that much. And now it's insane. I can't, people are constantly asking if they can buy the house. You got that going on yet? Well, no, no one's asking to, to buy the house. <laughs> but, you know, the thing about a house is, yes, it's gained in value and, and the opposite could have happened in a different era. But when I think about the amount of insurance and property taxes and, you know, just expenses yeah. over the years uh, maybe it has added up to how much value the house has gained or close to it so i'm not feeling that great delete yeah well this is the the depressing business segment that I, every podcast of mine has so thank you for that no i i just am curious cuz you're not from toronto originally are you where are you from well Basically, I, I grew up in Thornhill, which is, you know, oh, okay. north of Steeles, Steeles and Young. But Toronto was always, you know, that's my, that was my, my place. When I was 16, 17, I got fake ID made, which was very easy at the time. And my friend Noah Mintz from the band Head, I don't know if you know Noah. Oh, of course I do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We would, we would come downtown, you know, the half hour trip from Thornhill and go see, sneak in to see bands. And uh, that was sort of, uh, anyway, so Toronto was my my place. It always has been, really. Okay, Toronto kid. Have you ever lived anywhere else, even for a spell? I live, well, yeah, I mean, I my wife always makes fun of me because I have a fondness for New Zealand because I lived there for a year when I was uh, in grade one. Hmm. And so... She just thinks it's funny because I keep tabs on New Zealand and I it's like my second home, but I was just only there for a year as a kid. So, but I I remember loving it. Yeah, no, I oh, my we we talk about that New Zealand here all the time. To be honest, my daughter, I drove everyone uh, to school and work today, and my daughter requested this band uh, uh, called the Beths. Have you ever heard of Have you heard tell of the Beths from New Zealand? B e s t. No, no, like Elizabeth, Beth's, Beth. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, oh my God. So I, uh, what happened was, uh, 
I was approached about talking to them for this show, and they're they're uh, they're very popular now, uh, I would say. But I was approached, so I had them on, and then I immersed myself deeply. And then that means when I do that, as we'll come to talk about your wonderful new record, uh, when I immerse myself, unfortunately or fortunately, everyone else in the house has to immerse themselves because I'm listening to a record a hundred thousand times before I talk to someone. Anyway, everyone here loves the Beths. And Hayden, I will send you, we had a charming, lovely chat. I will send you uh, links to them. Uh, my, their late, or I, well, I might have to send you links. Their latest record is called Expert in a Dying Field. Hayden? I'm telling you, for for people of your and my vintage, something there. They're young kids, but it's got like a mid-90s underground merge records kind of feeling. Oh, my God. I, and the song, yeah, the, the, uh, the lyricism uh, is so great. Uh, I, I think they're great. I fawned. I fawned over them in a way I hadn't fawned because to me, I haven't been going to shows very much. And what I said it to them and I've said subsequently, to me, it was the equivalent of seeing an opening band that I didn't know about. And being blown yeah. away. And I miss that almost yeah. more than anything because I still don't go to shows yeah. very much. I miss opening bands. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. I'm telling you, like, so, so many, like, crotchety, you know, 45 to 55-year-old uh, musicians, basically the people I know, um, they all, everyone's just always complaining about the good old days and there's no good music out there and there's nothing exciting. And that's just not... It's not true. It's the, yeah. the the truth is that we just we don't go out and get exposed yeah. to this exciting stuff. And there is just there is too much to get through to find the gems. But to say that there isn't exciting things going on is is, is just not true. Yeah, absolutely. So I recommend the Beths. Uh, before I leave this, uh, your wife makes fun of you. Uh, how does your wife make fun of you and your your affinity for New Zealand? When you come downstairs in the morning, and she's like, "Oh, it's the Lord of the Rings, everybody." What what kind of things does she say? <laughs> That's funny. I don't want to don't want to give her that tip. Um, <laughs> uh, no, she's just like, "Oh God, New Zealand, your second home. You were there for you know ten months." It's just that. It's just we you know we we have a good uh, jabby healthy okay. You know, relationship <laughs> no, that's nice well it seems like a nice place i'd like to go but it seems very far away but uh, everyone i've talked to from there uh in recent times has seemed very kind so uh yeah in any case i want to congratulate you on this beautiful new record of yours uh are we good unbelievable i understand it was precipitated some of it uh, rather the creation of it was precipitated uh from some measure of writer's block that's what i uh, i heard tell that in some sort of promotional material is that is that accurate yeah i think uh, well i wrote a, a long description about the the process and and that made it into the description it was a longer sort of thought that you know first of all i should say this record took i guess recording wise and writing like five and a half years to make so that's my, the first big statement I'll say, and there's a lot of weight to that, obviously. And you're and you're probably thinking, "Oh my god!" Um, <laughs> but the writer's block thing—it's just I think uh, as I get older, and there's more stuff in my head, and there's more things that I'm worried about. My first priority isn't writing lyrics all the time, so. 
what happens is I'll go through periods where I'm not even thinking about music or or lyrics and then I have some concentrated time when I can really get into my head and uh, think about things I, I literally haven't had a chance to think about and then I'm I, I'm freed up and I I create so you know to say those the opposite of that is writer's block isn't really fair it's just I can't I yeah I, I just can't always get to the creative place I want to be in as easily as I did when I was 20 30 whatever so for those of us who uh, maybe haven't experienced writer's block I think what we picture is someone deliberately going to a desk with a piece of paper or these days a telephone and they sit down and they try to write something and they can't do it Whereas I know in my own experience and talking to other people who uh, write songs on a, on, a, on, a, on a professional level, often it's like I was walking the dog, I was doing the dishes, and all of a sudden I had the song in my head. Um, so it's like a little bit of cosmic something came to me. But there are people like Nick Cave, I believe, used to say that he used to actually go to his office and work on writing from nine to five. He made it his job. So which one of those, sorry, those are maybe two extremes of someone who goes and sits down and tries to write and, and or maybe can't do it, but then the other people where the things just come to them. Are you in between those things? Are you one or the other? I have some friends that can be walking around and they a song comes into their head and they don't have an instrument uh, in their arms you know, or, or whatever. And I'm not one of those people. I, I I've never, a song has never come into my head without holding a guitar or playing piano. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a big Jeff Tweedy fan and a big Nick Cave fan. And I know both of their philosophies of, you know, getting up early and putting in the hours. And, you know, a lot of what you come up with will be bad and, but if you put the time in and I, I respect it and I hope one day I actually can have that kind of focus to, to do that because I, I, I think it's, it's smart, but I don't have that, especially with pen to paper. What, what I do try to do is I try to get that with a, an instrument. And, but it's, my life is, is, is a bit too complicated to, have a schedule where every single day or every weekday I, I have like six hours at the same period to really delve into things. So it's, I'm, mm. I'm a bit more scattered, you know. Sometimes finishing an idea is the most difficult, like coming up with some really inspired like chord progression with a melody over it. Those things are, are the easiest for me. And the most fun and that, that sort of moment where it just every, you know, you come up with a, a, a sketch of something and it, it sort of feeds you for the next two weeks because of the excitement that you created something out of nothing. And then the, the act of turning that into a real song with lyrics that you're not, you know, embarrassed about, or at least lyrics that tell something meaningful and maybe coming up with a, a bridge or a change uh, that makes it more interesting musically 
you know, those are the things that you sort of procrastinate on and, and, and sometimes you lose the excitement if it takes too long sure. to do the, the work part of the song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So over the, over the course of five and a half years, uh, are any of the pieces that we hear on this album ones where you might have had like a lyrical concept or, or, or lyrics for a piece and then over that time frame, your mind changed. You had a different idea. You maybe modified something radically because that's a long time. And I, I know you alluded to that time frame. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that a little. I think you were like, you must be bewildered. I'm I, honestly, I'm not bewildered by anything taking a long time anymore because uh, time <laughs> is so strange. But in your in yeah. your reckoning, in your memory, did anything that was that you thought was done three, four years ago have a major sort of modification uh, by the time it arrived on this record. Did anything come to mind? Not, no, it, it, it was it was more so right before Tom Hanks got the coronavirus. Um, you, you, you view that as ground zero, Tom Hanks getting... Oh, yeah, that's when it got real, yeah. You don't even call it the pandemic or COVID-19? You're like, when Tom Hanks... <laughs> Got the virus, everyone. I just feel like that, like he he <laughs> he got it, and then they stopped professional sports in the same week. That's when it just seemed like you know he's very powerful. He's a powerful. Yeah, figure. I was telling my wife we we watched that Elvis movie where he plays Colonel mm-hmm. Tom Parker, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's how he where he got it. I'm pretty sure uh, that I heard that when he got it, he was playing Colonel Tom Parker. Uh, in an Elvis movie. And I'm like, that seemed to, that was more, I mean, at the time I was like, that's more interesting to me than whatever this virus is that Tom Hanks is playing Colonel Tom Parker. What's going on? Then I watched the movie. Then I watched the movie and I'm like, I can see why he got sick. I don't know what that means. Uh, sorry. That's a slight uh, dig at the movie, but anyway, continue. Yes. You, things changed for you. Uh, your mindset changed. Is that what you were trying to get at when the virus came? No, but like, but, but, when that happened with Tom Hanks, at that point, I thought <laughs> I thought I had a finished record that day, that day that he got the virus. Okay, and I had like sequences, and uh, I was like, okay, I, I you know, I've I've done a record, and that was after what I thought was a ridiculous amount of time to make the record. And then when that happened, I was just, I had time to kind of be like, okay, well, I guess there's no rush to put it out. No one's touring. And then I sort of uh, listened to it and and, uh, lived with it for a while. And then I I realized it wasn't really uh, the statement I wanted to make or it, it it wasn't enough. It wasn't powerful enough. And I'm trying to think... No, I guess I'm getting my, t- honestly, it's so weird because this took so long and there were so many different starts and stops and, uh, things that took place. I'm, yeah, I get confused at the timeline. Cause I was going to say at, at one point I shared that record, the pre pandemic record to, uh, I shared it with Brandon Reed, uh, a, a manager friend of mine who works with Aaron Dessner mm-hmm. and he played it for Aaron and then Aaron listened to it and said, Hey, I, you know, I think I, if Hayden's into it, I'd love to like go over what he's working on. Here's some other songs and, and, and 
try to try to help him with this because at at other points I was like lost. I didn't know what I had. I didn't know what I was, you know, what was working, what wasn't, which was uh, frustrating for me because that usually, even though I take forever and I'm a, a control freak, I usually know when something's working and when it's not. And there sure. were times during this record where I just, I lost, I lost the plot. So hmm. Anyway, I'm, I'm I'm kind of all over the place with this answer, as I am with my uh, memory of the timeline. Well, no, so but I that follows that follows the fact that you would be all over the place trying to place the time. First of all, we've we've noted that Tom Hanks's contracting of the coronavirus was a, some sort of ground zero for you. Some sort of time shift occurred. So from that, I, because the other side of it is, I asked about the writer's block, and in the language I received in this biographical info, Leslie Feist played some role in shaking you out of this stasis or whatever that you were in. Is that true? And if so, can you expand upon how she did that and, and why you attribute uh, breaking through to her? Yeah, that's that was another big moment. Over the last four years, uh, when Leslie's been in town uh, or had some time, she would come by uh, my place and we had tried to work on three different songs together and they all sounded great. And she's like so incredible and professional and she, you know, added a lot, but we just, between the two of us, we just, we knew we hadn't found the song that we wanted to do together. So that, that uh, precipitates the, February 2020, February 2020, I guess, text I got from her or whatever that said, I do, I'm doing this thing. It's sort of a pandemic thing, but uh, I think it may have happened uh, before and since, but it's just a, a, a moderator producer a fella who gets 20 songwriters to do this sort of song a day idea where everyone writes a song during the day submits it via email by the end of the day and the next morning you get sent to soundcloud with all 20 people's songs that they wrote from scratch the day before and you do it for seven you do it for seven days so she invited me to this community and I was terrified because I don't do, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm, I'm terrible even at folk festival, um, jam stayed workshops. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, and I don't collaborate much at all. You know, I mean, I really don't, I'm on my own 90% of the time. So anyway, but this was sort of the halfway point. I wasn't really collaborating. I wasn't like jamming on other people's songs, but there was a, a great, combination of accountability and your your peers listening to what you did and you know the challenge of of completing something uh quickly and it, it worked i mean i out of the seven songs four or maybe five are on this record so i i got rid of other songs that were in that pre-tom hanks version um to to replace them with these songs that were that happened in a very inspired, uh, quick way. So yes, I, I do thank Leslie for that. Yeah. Well, and so uh, before I get into the very incredible collaboration that you and Leslie uh, engaged in for this record, 
I was just thinking about what you were saying because I, Hayden, you know, I first saw you perform live uh, in a University of Guelph parking lot. Uh, It was like Frosh Week and it was 1996 (laughs) and you were playing uh, on some stage and I saw you a lot in that time period Um, and you seem to be coming from this lo-fi scrappy place and then as you've evolved, all I hear is a very meticulous songwriter. Not all I hear, and I don't mean that disparagingly. Like you're such a gifted and meticulous songwriter. I can hear the... I think it's... You've done the job of, I think, from my ear, oh, this guy worked a fucking ton, but it sounds effortless. Like, you're at that stage in your life now. This project you're talking about, I would think, uh, marries those sensibilities of, okay, you've got a day. you got to let go. You can't overthink this. So get to it and... I just wonder, and this, so this in the last couple of years, you're in your probably, I want to say you're uh, currently in your what, mid 40s, maybe later. That's a big, th- no, you're probably older than that. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, I'm in my, let's, let's just establish that I'm in my mid 40s. You're probably got a couple of years on me. My point is this, uh, was this like a, a kind of like revisitation of the way you used to do things, letting go, accepting something for what it is in a kind of, well, that's what it is, uh, married with your what I would say, and it, forgive me if you disagree with these characterizations, but uh, I would say, uh, like I said earlier, these days you've also got this very meticulous, like, I'm going to think about this. I'm actually not just going to, first thought isn't necessarily best thought. I'm going to think about this. Are those two things swirling around in that exercise that you were uh, involved in? Like, I'm I'm Hayden now. I know how to write songs, but I'm going to spend a couple weeks, a month, two, five Five years <laughs> working on something versus just first thought, best thought. Do you know where I'm coming from? Yeah, I mean, it's it's it gets a bit more complex than than that, I guess, because hmm. even though you know I came up with the basis of songs that uh, I was excited about and excited enough about to delve into them further once that week was done and try to turn them into something for my record. I still, even though the initial inspiration of, of those five songs was there and after the exercise, I really did end up spending another year on them. Yeah. Okay. To get to, to, to get them where I wanted to. So I'm hoping I haven't lost the ability to do what I, you know, did in the 90s, you know, but there's good and bad to that because, you know, I, you know, occasionally I'll, I'll hear something from my first record and I'm amazed at some of the simplicity and truthfully some of the mistakes that were left or the harmonies that are off a little bit or the, how much hiss there was or, why how, I didn't even that sentence it isn't even grammatically correct. How did I let that go? But it was just I was, you know, I would write a song uh, in the early evening and record it into my four track, and like four and a half hours later, or whatever, I had what ended up on my record. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't overthink things. But it's like it's. I just don't know if I can do that anymore because I'm, I am really interested in song structure and, 
yeah. uh, having a, a B section and something that takes you somewhere else. And, and then also obsessing over the, the lyrics. Like there's just, there's too much weight to everything. But would I mm. love to just put a band together and try to just do something very quickly and inspired? Uh, yeah, that would be amazing. I, I don't know if I have the same mind anymore. Yeah. And that's fair. That's you're a different person than you were in 1996, 1995. Like that makes total mm-hmm. sense. But yeah. I just think that that kind of exercise might might have brought you back to that more impulsive stuff. But it sounds like it wasn't like you got the SoundCloud link and someone said, "Okay, these are all going up on Bandcamp. You were given the opportunity to finesse them in some way." Is that is that correct? Yeah, and, and minus um, on a beach, uh, which. The lyrics, uh, I submitted it that evening with like probably about like 70% of the lyrics that are actually on the song. Minus that song, I, I was just singing whatever melody. Yeah. Like I didn't come up with full lyrics either. And some, some folks did. I mean, it was really impressive what hmm. some other people were, were submitting. So, you know, but that was the idea you could, you can you could professionally record something and and submit it if you had a studio in your home a lot of people would just sing voice memos or something they record on their phone on their phone you know so it was it was kind of loose but you know some of the loose I, i think like leslie submitted one where she was it was like a spoken word acapella thing that she sang in the bathtub on her phone. And it was like, it was better than like several <laughs> other things that were like multi-tracked, you know? So, well, that is her yeah. gift and her talent for sure. Let's yeah, talk yeah. about, so um, I want you to know that uh, Are We Good has been playing in my house and in my 2020 Toyota Sienna minivan. Uh, since I received an advanced copy of it. And uh, I, people who listen to this show know I will uh, say this to guests from time to time, but it's always the truth uh, when I say it. My family, entire family, my two children, 11 and 8, and my wife, age withheld, uh, have uh, fallen in love with your record. And in particular, the one-two punch of On a Beach and uh, Terry Cloth Blue Every single thing. I'm just riffing. Is that right? Did I say those names correctly? Yeah, I think yeah, I did. That, yeah. That is, yeah. Just love. So my, I will tell you there are camps. My wife and my son, I was making breakfast and I was already listening to your record and everyone else was filing down. And as each person's preferred song, or sorry, as someone showed up, I would put their preferred song on. I'd rewind <laughs> and go back. So my wife and my son love, love on a beach. And my daughter and I were even last night at bedtime. We were trying to. I was. I'm still getting. Try. I. I sing to my daughter at bedtime, and I usually take a guitar up there. Oh. And I know I have for some reason I retain lots of lyrics, and I, we've we're close to getting Terry Cloth Blue. I'll tell you that right now. And she loves it. So I just wanted to share that with you. These the songs are re- and the whole record. God damn, man, it's fantastic. I just want to say that I'm sorry to cuss uh, in front of you, but I just think it's great. Now. Let's go to on a well, beach. Th- th- I'll I interrupt you and say thank you. Uh, it's it's uh, it's not out yet, and not not many people have heard it. And uh, yeah, that makes me feel good. So, oh my you. god, it's just wonderful, and uh, I'm so grateful to uh, th- that you're making music. I don't know how else to put it. I don't want to fawn too much, like you're the Beths. But my god, it's just really great. <laughs> now my best. thing is on a beach. 
I mean, it stuck me because I'm a big. My favorite Neil Young record is "On the Beach," so I thought that was kind of funny. Sure, but I don't know. If yeah, that it person, might be. It might be. It's in my top three. Of yeah, I got like Zuma on the beach. Tonight's the night. Those are kind of my sweet spots. But my point is this: that song's fantastic. Uh, I understand that features Leslie Feist, who we were alluding to. And I, I again, this was a breakthrough song for you. And is that correct? Like, this is what kind of kickstarted things a little bit, or no? Uh, well, it was like day three of that uh, exercise. I did, oh, okay. Um, yeah. With the songwriting, yeah. So, but it was a bit of a breakthrough because I, I just picked up the the bass over the years. I mean, I I used to write mostly on guitar, a little bit on piano. In the last twelve years, I found the piano more interesting to come up with songs on and. Along the way, interspersed, I've found the bass to be inspiring. Um, yeah. Some examples would be a song I did in 97 called Trees Lounge. In 1998, I have a song called Two Doors on a record called The Closer I Get that also was written on bass. So over the years, I've hmm. I've found inspiration on the bass, the simplicity of it, you know. Anyway, uh, although, you know, my bass hero... Is Peter Hook, and so like him, I I p- kind of play it like a guitar in a way, yeah. Yeah. not not like a, a, a classic bass player. Anyway, so yeah, I, like so a like a Mike O'Neill as well, right? Like Mike, uh, sorry for like a Mike O'Neill is yeah. is a bass hero yeah. of mine, you know. And and yeah. and Mike, I'm I I love Mike, and we're buddies, and I you know I've told him to his face that that Trees Lounge is basically like you know, an inbred song. Yeah. Uh, sure. Cause I was inspired, inspired by, by his playing. Very and, unique. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't get it, I, I just mean like, a, you, uh, there's, it's rare to find, I mean, there's, sorry, there's a litany of them, but when I think of bass players who have done something unique as a, like Mike Watt comes to mind too, like just people who play it like almost Absolutely. like a lead instrument. Um, these kind of, anyone named Mike on bass, basically, I think is where Mostly, I'm coming from. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and Peter, Mike and Peter, sorry. Uh, so the bass was a, a leading inspiration in a way, just picking it up. Yeah. I, I guess I'm just, I'm giving, uh, extreme details, but yeah, yeah. So on the day three, I picked up my bass and then just suddenly started singing, uh, we're drinking income taxes and I didn't, oh even my know God. I, I didn't even know my wife. My wife loves it. She's just like, how did he... I just want to read this to people. I'll read it. I'll recite it. This is uh, also interesting, Hayden, and tell me if I'm wrong on this. Chorus, verse, chorus? You're chorusing at the beginning, right? That's the yeah, chorus. Yeah, it started with the chorus, yeah. That's 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 it's smart. Been, it's been done before. Different. It's <laughs> done been done before. before. <laughs> totally done before. Talk to, but, talk to Paul McCartney. <laughs> yeah, Paul McCartney's good at it. But no, yeah. I like it. Uh, we're on a beach. Oh, yeah, we're on a beach. We're drinking income taxes, and there's sand at our feet. We're on a beach. Oh, yeah, we're on a beach. We're drinking income taxes, and you're fond of me. And then the second thing, the 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 verse, just breathe out and in. Keep your eyes on this ring as I swing it back and forth on this here string. Eyelids are heavy wings. All the things that trouble you fall right out of the room, and we begin. I'm sorry. I This is very personal for me, because when my mother was sick, and she's okay now, I had an incident occur, a stress incident that was so bad, I was told I had to go see a psychologist, and I'm, and I'm fine. But uh, I had to do a cognitive behavioral therapy, and oddly enough, she would say, what we're going to try to do is I want you to picture a place of that you find relaxing. 
I said, I don't have one of those. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking do about. Do I don't know what that means. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, well, is there somewhere like you just don't think about anything? I'm like, well, actually, for the past few summers, my wife and I and the kids, we rent a cottage from one of her friends on uh, Lake uh, Huron. And literally, I have I sit on a beach and I don't think about anything. I don't think about work. I just sit there. Sometimes we go swimming, but I just sit there and I stare at the lake. She's like, boom, put yourself in that position. And then she did an exercise where I think she was trying to hypnotize me. I mm. thought this song was kind of creepy for me because I love it. But I'm like, oh, my God, it's about. Sorry, I'm ta- I-, I wanted to ask you what it was about. But do you know where I'm coming from? Like, there's some hypnosis. Like, is, I don't yeah, yeah, drink it. Yeah. And my wife just drinking income tax. She thought that's the greatest line of all time. I just want to say that too. She thought that was very clever. Did she think that? Okay. She does. She just thinks that's it's great. Good. What do that's you, awesome. can you tell us where that kind of came from in terms of the, the lyrics? Well, I can't say this very often, uh, especially in the last few years, but I just said, I just said it when I was humming along to this bass part. And so I had to understand it after the fact or when people are asking me, you know, like, what, does that, <laughs> what does that mean? You know, and I, why did it come into my head? It, it's, I found actually found out after when I was typing out the lyrics for the liner notes or whatever that income taxes is actually a classic cocktail. Oh, it's, it's a real, I didn't know it's that. a real, yeah. So I found that out after I wrote the line too. So I, it, and at the description of it doesn't sound so tasty, although I like, uh, straight, uh, scotch, uh, whiskey. I, I'm not a cocktail kind of guy, but well, my son asked so, me what it meant. And I said, well, usually when you get an income tax return, you spend it and people well, go that, on vacation and whatnot. It's, that so that's, is the, that yeah, is the yeah. other, yeah, of course. So yeah, it's, you yeah, know, yeah. Of, of course. So, but I thought it was funny that it's also a real. It's also a drink. <laughs> <laughs> so that people just think you're just pounding back the income taxes. Yeah. So yeah. But it is pounding the income taxes. Is it some sort of visualization though? Like, is that what you were getting at? It's a fantastical song on some level, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, it's fantastical, and it's it 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 also comes out of uh, a stressful family life uh, during the pandemic, and mm. the idea of two people talking to one another, or specifically, the idea was that the male voice is the the couple is taking turns hypnotizing one another to do anything they can to try to get back how they felt and the simplicity of when they first met right in a in a in an outside stressful scenario right uh, you know back to when you were fond of me you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. um yeah so you know uh yeah so there's a, there was there's elements of my life because be, being at home um during the last three years uh, with a, a, a daughter with special needs and homeschooling that wasn't working and the stress of, you know, not kind of not being able to make a living, yeah. all that stuff was intense. And uh, yeah. so this sort of fantastical idea, it, it appealed to me. I mean, of course, it, you know, it's it, lyrically, it's one of my, my most uh, like simple songs uh, of the last few years as well, but that's fine. You know, there's, there's room for that, those kinds of things. I got the press release from uh, our, your publicist and along with a, an early uh, link to the video. And I watched it and I listened to it and I immediately wrote back to him, which is uncharacteristic for me. 
This is a really catchy ass song, man. Like I wrote that. <laughs> like this song is already in my head. So you made an earworm, but it's low key. I just want to uh, commend you on it without uh, embarrassing you. Um, you talked a little bit about where that Thank song you. might have come from. Oh, you're welcome. You talked a little bit about where that song might have come from. In an overarching sense, would you say uh, this is a particularly autobiographical batch of songs, a reflective batch of songs about you personally, or is it because there's some fant- there's lots of fantastical dream sequences about Leonard Cohen? Uh, Miss Fort Erie really gets to me as a song about a kind of fantastical version of what people think life on the road is really like when it's really kind of mundane, if I may. So there's this mix of dreamlike stuff, but I also think there's a real kernel of truth and maybe we're learning more about Hayden in a way than, than maybe we have before. I don't know. What's your take on that? Well, my ta- my take has always been that I can't, you know, music aside, but lyrically, it's it's difficult for me to keep my interest in putting pen to paper if I'm not writing something that has a seed of like a something that's happened to me or someone close to me or an overarching feeling I have. Uh, so there's always like a, a truthful inspiration behind you know 90 percent of of my songs but that doesn't mean uh like a like any short storyteller or any songwriter that it's not out of the realms that i'll take a left turn or change the ending or you know or like you know like let's say a song like uh, i have a song called kill bearer that's on an album called elk lake serenade Mm -hmm. and you know it it is about an old lover getting killed by a bear because her new love didn't do the right things to save her, you know? And so did that happen to my old lover? No, but did I have uh, someone that I broke up with and was she with someone new? And I had this, you know, the desire to write about how I was feeling about about it and this sort of spiteful idea that like, Oh, if I was there on that camping trip, I would, I wouldn't have run from the bear. I would have banged pots to save you. You know what I mean? But so anyway, I, I, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's, there's a seed of truth that makes me interested enough to, to write the song down. And some songs are all true and there are other songs that are all, all fantasy too. So it's just, there's, but the bulk of them do have that thing that you're talking about. Well, I think for some of us during this pandemic uh, and before it and currently, uh, whatever you think is happening right now, uh, have been in this mode of stopping and thinking about things, uh, what we're doing, what we, where we came from. Uh, I know I've talked to lots of people, as you might imagine, Hayden, and a lot of them are kind of going through this. And, you know, again, like a song like Terry Cloth Blue seems reflective. And I just wonder if... I know I asked it earlier and, and, and you you vaguely dodged it, but I'm going to ask again because I wonder if you can ponder this, if you were feeling particularly reflective, like if you if you were looking back at your life and thinking, okay, I know where I was when Tom Hanks got big. I know where I was when Tom Hanks fought the volcano. So this is where my life was at and I'm going to try to write about those time periods in a Tom Hanksian way. Like, do you feel like you're particularly reflective on this batch of songs? 
I feel like Terry Cloth Blue is an obvious example where you're, I think you're mulling over missed opportunities from childhood. I'm telling you, Hayden, I have this all the time now. I, I don't know what I'm like, ah, oh, I should have been, I think there was something with me and that person and I didn't do anything. Like I have the, I don't know why there's no point to it. I just, I wish I was nicer. I wish I picked up on signals. I wish I had some sort of social decorum. I wish I wasn't Canada's Larry David. You know, I have these thoughts now and I wonder if you're going through any of that as you write your songs. Uh, oh yeah, that's very funny. I don't know. I honestly, I'm, I, I've done in my mind, I've done such a good job at, you know, as Bob Dylan would say, don't look back. I really, honestly, like the only time I think about the days gone by or when I'm working on a reissue or something, yeah, right. you know, and I'm forced to, once a record's done, I rarely listen to it again unless it just someone forces me to or whatever. And I don't, I don't think about the past much at all. Part of it might be because I, I have a terrible memory. And a lot of the things I remember from being younger, I only remember because I wrote songs about them. It's the weirdest thing, you know? Like You you do seem to have these muses, though. Like, if I... Sorry, and I don't know if it's a complete fabrication. No pun intended. I went fabric. But Terry Cloth Blue put me in the frame of mind (laughs) of, like, yeah, we all have people like that. Where you may have maybe had an unrequired... Or, like, a crush. An unknown crush. And they disappeared from your life. But they... They have no idea that they're still occupying yeah. some space in your mind. Sorry, like things like that on this record. Well, and they're the, talking about the power of the power of music. You know, I mean, I just did, I just finished a, a solo run tours of uh, Ontario, East Coast, and West Coast of yep. Canada, yeah. and I definitely felt that people are in a nostalgic frame of mind right now, and. I talked to a lot of people after shows and just some of the things they would say to me and what some of my songs meant to them. Uh, and, you know, I usually expect a little bit of like how much my first record meant to people, but it was really striking at just different people, how they came into my music at different periods. And it's all, it's kind of all over the place, it's predominantly my first record, but yeah. And just hearing how songs of mine are attached to memories that they have yeah. as 15-year-olds, 17-year-olds. And so, uh, yeah, I, Terry Cloth Blues a, a bit of a, an anomaly because I went way back to something from, you know, I guess I, I was trying to figure out what... You know, I guess we could look up when uh, Save a Prayer by Duran Duran was on the charts, because that would be the era of, of when I of when that song would take place. But yeah, going way back to that kind of early memory is, is rare for me, but it was fun. You know? No, and it's it, fun to go there. It's moving. I, I, I don't think it's all nostalgia. I mean, that it seems to me like you're... Sorry, there's nostalgia, but then there's just sort of exploring or reexamining formative moments and people in your life. You, mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. fact that this muse is still with you is telling you that might have been one of your first romantic ideals. And that's an important thing for someone like any human to have, you know? That, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm coming from. Speaking of uh, muses, uh, you have collaborated uh, with, you mentioned earlier, you don't collaborate much. 
I feel like we should talk about some of your... We mentioned Leslie Feist. Are there more collaborators for you than usual, or have you collaborated with uh, people in different ways than you usually do on this record? Well, honestly, I could. it's been so rare that I could, you know, just list them off. I mean, uh, Steve Buscemi is, is a, uh, a part writer of the song Trees Lounge because I took words from his script. Oh, right. So he didn't even know he was a writer. <laughs> I've... I've had an Australian songwriter, Holly Throsby, sing on a couple of records. I've had the the awesome Lou Cannon yep. sing with me on a song called Blurry Nights. And now Leslie is is on, on a beach. And then as far as songwriting, I've only written songs, Minus Trees Lounge, by myself, except on this record, leading up to this record. And this is one of the reasons why the record took so long is for the first year and a half of since my last record, I started working with a novelist named Colin McAdam. Uh, we had a, a project where he, as he was writing his next novel, I was writing songs based on his words and the project didn't end up happening, but I wrote like 12 songs for that uh, based on his words. So that was an int- very interesting collaboration. Yeah. And then Going back, I guess, five or six years ago, Matt Berninger from The National, uh, who I've known for years, we started trading things back and forth, and that relationship uh, produced a song that we co-wrote for his first solo record, uh, Serpentine Prison, uh, one for his next solo record that will be out in, in about a year or whatever, once The National stuff comes out mm-hmm. and what ends up being three songs on my new record yeah and uh it's a great relationship because he's absolutely one of my favorite songwriters and lyricists uh working today so to yeah. to be able to to write songs with him is a is a huge pleasure for me right and also aaron uh, helped you as well. You alluded to that earlier, right? Yeah, if we're talking, yeah, because if we talk about production collaborations, yeah, over the years I've I've dabbled in working with different people, including my friend Howie Beck, who I I mentioned before. But yes, Aaron, we worked on several songs together, mm-hmm. and just for a, a variety of reasons, two of them are on this record. Oh on a, a, a co-production front so yeah so it sounds like this all happened very, very organically do you see there being some grand meaning behind the fact that you've collaborated in slightly different ways than you usually do for this uh, batch of songs or is it just what happened it's kind it's kind of just what happened you know uh the the matt thing just happened uh, via mutual respect and it working you know I think we're similar uh, in many ways, although I, I, I find that Matt's, I don't know, it's, it's just how he thinks about songs. And Matt's phrasing is very unique and very interesting to me. And so when I, when, if I send him the music of something or a chord progression and I have a melody over it of mine and then I send him an instrumental version and I hear what he comes back with. It's sometimes like mind blowing to me and I'm just like, yeah, so excited. And that's, that's just, it's fun for me after all these years because, 
you know, I know what it's like coming up with a melody to to one of my chord progressions. I know what that feels like. And so to have this new jolt of uh, electricity, uh, you yeah. know, it's why not? It's I, I need it. So. One of the reasons I asked this question, just so you know, is that in this weird time of isolation, I have noticed people collaborating more, trying to reach out mm. into the world and ask for people to join them. In their in their home studios, if you will, uh, virtually or whatnot, that's where I was coming from. Uh, like mm-hmm. you, yeah. for you to do this now, it doesn't seem that uh, out of the ordinary because so many people are doing it. But it, like you said, I don't think that was your point. It's just something that happened, right? Yeah, because all of it, uh, because I got the timeline wrong with Aaron. That I went over to Long Pond just before the pandemic. Oh, as well. okay. So yeah. yeah, none of this. None of this stuff uh, was because of the pandemic, minus the song exercise, of course. But right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just the, the the my mindset, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think I've had the mindset in the past where I, and it probably comes from the four track recording of my early years. Is just like I have this little world of mine, and and it's special because no other ideas are coming from the outside and it's my own universe. And, and as I did close things off and I didn't collaborate maybe because I was worried about, you know, breaking the, the roof of that little world. But I I guess that's, that's slowly going away, which is probably a good thing. So, well, I appreciate that. Uh, as we conclude here, I wanted to ask you a couple more things, uh, some housekeeping things at the end. But before this, I want to ask you about uh, Are We Good, which I believe is a co-write with Matt. Is that correct? The song? It is, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and I get it. This is, a, to me, a, a song about relationships. A lot of the songs, I think, are maybe are about a specific relationship even. Are We Good is a common, it's in the vernacular now. Like, are we good? Are we okay? Is everything fine? I couldn't help, given how weird things are with people, if it was almost a rhetorical question. Are we good? <laughs> as, yeah. as, a, as, a, as a civilization, are we good people? Like, look at what we're doing. So was there any kind of double meaning there for you? Oh, absolutely. That's why uh, I had a few titles for the record uh, floating around, but I just kept coming back to that because of the the uh the vagueness of it and yeah i mean yeah absolutely yeah okay it's a it's a real question you know (laughs) are we are we good so has anyone brought that up i just want to feel smart (laughs) has anyone else picked up on that double meaning (laughs) uh well i i would i i I assumed they would yeah, yeah but you know because yeah. if they don't, it just sounds like a text message from a... Yeah, are we good? Everything Gen- okay? Gen yeah. Z after a club night. <laughs> are we? You should have written it as, are we good, LOL? That would have been good. If you yeah, added yeah, that at the end. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, so I appreciate... Or just A-W, A-W-G, question mark. <laughs> that's I mean, right. That's, that's right. That's what yeah. it would be. L-M-K. Now I can't even do it. I'm not, I, I, can type, I can type it, but I can't recite them. Listen, I just want to thank you for this um, sort of in-depth and candid talk about this record, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. But before we go, a couple things, Hayden. Uh, I always ask people uh, about future plans. 
uh, five five and a half years in the making for this record, and it's out. It's going to be out soon. Uh, I can't help but wonder if you're already working on new stuff. Uh, so there's that. And then, of course, you alluded to the fact that you were um, just on the road. So I wonder about uh, plans that you might have for the spring and summer. And finally, where people can learn more about all of those things. Let's start at the beginning of that question. Are you working on something right now that we should know about? Or are you feeling like something's percolating? No, I I spent so much time in the studio and in writing recording mode. I At the end of it, I, I was just so sick of... I was sick of it, you know, and I think that's like something that's been fun for me, you know, making this or being able to sustain some sort of career is that uh, all the different parts of it keep me interested. It's not just the writing and the recording, but I, I, you know, I have, I have a lot of fun with the artwork and the making videos and, you know, all, all the aspects that come after, but the recording went on for too long this time so i i just needed some some space for it so no recording I, honestly i'm just i i'm hanging with my kids and i'm making uh video things uh that have to do with you know the release of the record and yeah, yeah. uh i'm not i'm not recording right now uh I have an exciting show uh, at the end of May. My, it's my first true headlining show at, at uh, Massey Hall, which is incredible. Oh, nice. I'm so I, I'm really excited about that. I'm going to put something special together for that. And uh, yeah, and and I've uh, a few little shows during the summer as well. So, but they, they haven't been they haven't been announced yet. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, and where can people go to learn more about you and and that stuff? Uh, using the internet, yeah, the I'm the most active on uh, Instagram now. Uh, yeah, Hayden Desser at Hayden Desser, I guess it is. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds so sheepish about pointing people to giant companies. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. You got a website or something? Do you still got one of those? Yeah, yeah, I think my MySpace page is still up too. Yeah. Okay, yeah, <laughs> find you on Friendster, MySpace, those sorts of things. Okay, yeah. sounds good. All right. No, that's great. I mean, and by the way, I should say uh, what I've noticed, uh, I've noticed it particularly since I, I moved out of Ontario because I miss I miss things that are happening. You're still doing, a, is it an annual benefit event? Is that correct? Yes. The important thing I do every year with my wife and uh, a wonderful team of, uh, of sweet people. Yeah, it's a dream serenade. It is at it's at Massey Hall. Uh, every late October, early November. Yeah, it's like a it's a variety show that uh, the proceeds uh, go to uh, children with exceptionalities and their yeah. caregivers and their parents. But more so than a a fundraiser, it's a, a celebration of the community of of all the all the people that know what this this world is like and how important it is to not feel alone as a caregiver you know yeah uh so it's it's been it's been a beautiful thing i think this is going to be our eighth annual so so that's coming up you're you're already planning that yeah we'll go it'll get into serious planning in uh in the later in the spring early summer but yeah 
I, I can't help but commend you on that. And it always looks impressive. What an amazing lineup you put together every every year. So congratulations on that. And I assume people can learn Thank more you. about uh, that event and other things at uh, myspace.com slash Hayden. That one's at, well, that will be dreamserenade.ca. <laughs> okay. Is where you find that. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll link to everything in the podcast description. If we can go out on a song uh, from this beautiful record, which I didn't even ask you about the cover art, which is an empty acoustic guitar case. Is that what that is? Mm-hmm. Well, I should quickly ask you about that. I'm sorry. What does that connote for you in terms of uh, are we good? Anything? Oh, it, it actually, it, it, was part of artwork that you know because as i was working on it there's no shorts there's no short answers in yeah. this <laughs> sorry i'm sorry i hope For you've been enjoying I hope record, you've been enjo- there's no short <laughs> i hope you've been well, enjoying yourself i'm sorry i didn't mean to provoke you into these long answers <laughs> no i don't i just don't want to bore people no, but no. i feel like there's a backstory to everything but yeah. anyway the guitar was part of uh, another artwork concept and and then it was just it it, it was the image I had on my phone when I was listening to rough mixes and I just, it just became the artwork. Oh, okay. It was the association and spoke to me as a good representation of the music, you know, and I kind of liked the, you know, like almost like the busker out on the street with the open guitar, like, you know, here I am, uh, pay me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay I no that's a joke that's a joke um well to be honest that's yeah, oh, i just that's, like the, the well, sorry. well i was just gonna say that's an interesting symbol you alluded to it gently that you know there's tension in not being able to make your living as a musician when the world stands still sorry now i'm looking at it more symbolically that's an interesting way sorry i know you're joking yeah you're maybe but, not trying to be too yeah but it's that's something to that isn't there yeah well there's just something to it like like I'm 30 years in, uh, I'm still trying to do this. It's kind of like, you know, here I am. You know what I mean? It's just kind of that in a way. And I like the colors. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So uh, we did our English uh, uh, degree analysis and we ended up uh, in a fine arts degree. I like the colors is really the answer. Okay. Next time, next time someone asks you, just say, I like the colors. Yeah, I mean, well, that'll that, wrap it no, up. That's, that's a good <laughs> short answer. I need to work on my short answers. Yeah. Nothing. Not, this is perfect. Perfect responses for a podcast in the year 2023. Good job, Hayden. You've done well. Thank if we you. can go out on a song from this forthcoming album, I wonder if you can pick one for us and uh, let us know why you chose it. Well, let's go with your your daughter's favorite song. Okay. Is it Terry Cloth Blue? Was that she? That's exactly older. correct. Yeah, we I sing mean it that, together. We We're talked, singing it together yeah. already. Okay, We're already we sing it together. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. And we, yeah, we talked about it, and so that that'll make sense. Yeah, it's a little ditty. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's wonderful. This is Terry Cloth Blue, every single thing by Hayden from this beautiful new record. Are we good, uh, Hayden? I always uh, love speaking with you. Uh, I don't think we've done it too many times, but I hope we do it again. I hope you enjoyed this, and I wish you best of luck in the future. I, I really did enjoy it. I was dreading it, but I enjoyed it. 
<laughs> I gotta talk to Canada's Larry David. Oh no, this is gonna That's be hell. That's what I said to my publicist. Are you kidding me? Um, no, no, it was it was great. I was not uh, upset with the prospect of talking with you. So. <laughs> Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh, we had some laughs there, didn't we? That was really fun to have Hayden on this show. Hayden, thank you so much for being with me and spending time with me and my listeners. It really means a lot. So thank you to Hayden, and thanks again to all of you for listening to this, the 765th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available almost everywhere that you can get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode that you've heard about and you're looking for it, or if you want to learn more about me, and possibly even sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. You can also like Creative Control on Facebook or follow the show on Twitter at vishcreative, or you can follow me directly on Twitter and on Instagram at vishkana. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creativecontrol to make a flexible monthly donation to sustain this podcast. That is the primary source of revenue for all the work that goes into this show all the time. And I want to really uh, take a moment to thank all of you who do support the show financially with your with your dollars at, uh, at the Patreon there. Uh, you know, $6 American or more a month grants you access to exclusive content. You get episodes earlier than everybody else. Uh, you get bonus material. If you like, I can send you a Creative Control t-shirt if you want one. Just message me on Patreon and I'll get you one uh, if I still have the sizes and the colors you want. And uh, yeah, it doesn't, by the way, it doesn't have to be $6 American a month. It could be less. It could be more. You can always change it. You can always cancel it anytime you want. So keep that in mind. Thank you so much uh, again for considering supporting the show at patreon.com slash creative control. Thanks again to the excellent Alberta record retailer Blackbird Music, which you can learn more about at their website blackbird.ca. You can also order records right there from them and they'll be shipped to you or you can have them put put records on hold for you at their uh, Calgary and Edmonton locations if you're in Alberta. They're great. Blackbird.ca for more information there. And also I want to thank Pizza Trocadero, the bookshelf and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario for their in-kind support for this show. Uh, I hope to take advantage of some of that in-kind support this summer if I can get to Ontario. So we'll see what happens there. Also want to thank Jim Guthrie for letting me use some music of his on this show. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. He's a wonderful person, makes great music. jimguthrie.org for more info about Jim. And finally, thank you for listening to this episode with Hayden and for checking out his new album, Are We Good? It's really, really wonderful. I can't wait for all of you to hear it if you haven't already. Uh, thank you for subscribing to this podcast or following it and telling your friends all about it and spreading the word about creative control. That means a whole lot. Uh, so thank you. I just want to say thanks. And, and I hope you're well. And I will talk to you very soon. Take care of yourself. Okay. Bye for now. Thank you. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.